0: This is the Fedora Chronicles Network. In episode 40 of the Metaphysical Connection, Walt Schnabel and I, Eric King talk about the origins of the great American and global conspiracies, the formation of the central banks and their role in the First World War. Walt and I also make a prediction on the upcoming general elections for the next president of the United States. But before that, Walt and I talk about a few of our favorite paranormal news items of the past couple of weeks. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Jim is once again stuck in the parallel dimension again. He is. Yeah. And
1: caught between dimensions.
0: Yeah. I wonder what little pearls of wisdom Jim is going to give uh, Jim more. Uh, what, uh, what pearls of wisdom is Jim Morrison going to give our buddy Jim this week? I don't know. I guess we'll find out next week. I guess so. Show topic, news of the week here, Walt. Yeah. So I so I got a piece of news that I wanted to share with you and everybody else and all of okay. our listeners. Go for it. You know that I'm a big huge space enthusiast, right? Yeah. I mean so I I I've heard you referred to as a space cadet. Exactly. Hey, that was one of my
1: nicknames in high school. Was it okay?
0: I don't know if they meant that as like a well, good thing or no, a bad I thing or know
1: it's all in the interpretation so, uh, so
0: let's interpret it as a good thing okay let's, let's interpret it as a good thing
1: they were, they were complementary toward Iraq
0: exactly well the thing is, is there's a couple of scientists out there who um, who belong to SETI and they have cl- they claim that they are, have gotten up to 48 different signals from different sources out there that may actually be alien signals or signals from advanced alien life 48. Were any any of them ordering pizza? I think I think one of them was actually it was actually um, takeout Chinese. Oh, okay. So, so uh, so that was that was really exciting. And I'm I'm now have you been following the news surrounding Tabby's Star, aka the alien megastructure? I have not. So there's, there's this uh, there's this I don't even know how to describe it. There is these strange readings coming from. Um, A solar system called tabby star or the tabby star system and the thing is is that you know how that they measure the um, the the luminosity of a star and how a star dims is that that's how they measure um, other planets surrounding other uh, other stars
1: Uh, I can't say that I knew that but I I
0: know what you're talking right they focus on one specific star and they watch over a period of time how it how it how it dims Right, it's like a gauge. Sort it's of. like a gauge, and yeah. the thing is, if it ga- if gauge, dim- gauge, and if it d- dims just a little as the star is transiting between, as the planet is transiting between the, that star and us, or our our Kepler satellite, we're able to tell how many planets there are and how big the planets are. Well, they've been following Tabby Star, and they've been giving getting some really weird anomalous readings, and a lot of people are saying that, well, what could it be? It's either. A whole bunch of a swarm of comets going around the planet, or it's some kind of alien structure because it, the dimming is in regular intervals, mm. as it mm. were. So it's not random. It's just not random. Mm-hmm. So I mean, for me, if there actually is some kind of super alien structure, like from um, Larry Niven's Ringworld, whereas it's, it's the entire novel is about this alien advanced. Alien civilization built a uh, literally a ring around a star, and people were like living around it. It was it was inhabitable mm-hmm. because the face, the inside of the ring that was facing towards the star. You know, it, people were living on it because it had an atmosphere and because of the spin of the of, of the ring, the ring world. It was providing enough centrifugal force and gravity. Mm-hmm. And it was like a lot of people had said, hey, this this sounds just like Larry Larry Niven's ring world, as it were. And these people well, are going it, crazy. Again,
1: science fiction becomes prophetic. Exactly. It's, it's, it's been over and over and over again. Yeah. These, these writers get these um, visions or, or something, yeah. um, some insight into some other realm somehow, I think. Yeah. And, and so a lot of these things that, you know, were science, it's like Jules Verne.
0: Exactly. Right. A lot of
1: the things that were science fiction when he wrote it are now. Science sort fact. Sort, sort of what we accept
0: as exactly. a, the way it is. Exactly. So I'm so excited about that. So there, um, there's a couple of space agencies that are pulling their resources together for a $200 million uh, uh, investigation into Tabby Star. To yeah, see what's what's going on there
1: in, these, in this day and age, that's pocket change. Yeah, that's so,
0: pocket change. Yeah. But I mean, just imagine how exciting that would be if we could get some some a better idea of what's going on around Tabby Star. Yeah, that's cool. That would that would yeah. be exciting. So, how about you, Walt? Do you have any exciting things for the well, week?
1: Well, actually, I want to talk about uh, actually it's, it's a it's a story that Jim sent. Um, so in his absence, he, he may yep. have brought this forward had he been here. Jim's always working, by
0: the right. way. He's <clears throat> always sending us he's good always, stuff. He's always
1: got stuff going. Um, this was a, this was an event that happened at the Standing Rock, <clears throat> excuse me, Sioux yep. protest, where they're pro- protesting the pipeline being being brought through their um, through their sacred land.
0: As well, they should.
1: Yeah. Um, there was there was an appearance of of a thousand buffalo, a buffalo herd, right, that charged. Through there, and and the the Native Americans uh, took that as a as a positive sign from the Great Spirit.
0: That's awesome. That
1: that they were on the right track and that they were, you know, doing the right thing. Exactly. And and the the buffalo to to the Sioux and and I think to a larger group of Native Americans represents sacrifice. Yeah. Because, excuse me, the um, the buffalo traditionally was their food source. Yeah. so so the buffalo sacrifice themselves to you know to give substance to the to the Indians yeah which makes sense so so for them to appear in in mass like that that's huge um is, is a huge event for them and yeah. and I think you know the, the various times we've talked about the interface between humans and nature yeah and how a lot of times we dismiss that or, or kind of cordon ourselves off we from don't
0: you and I don't
1: well I mean we as a as a as a culture I'm talking about yeah, yeah. we don't necessarily no I'm saying we as a as a, as a culture and, and what's happening there really is is that the powers to be are putting their boot down on the on the Native Americans as they've done for the last the big you know,
0: big nasty the, the
1: big jack boot putting it down on their necks
0: neo-fascist and, steel-toed right. boot on the neck of the people who are right. just trying to protect I mean what, what are they trying to protect they're trying to protect their groundwater. And they're trying to predict their, their burial grounds.
1: Right there. they There right. Um, apparently, when they began the excavation, um, they uncovered some artifacts, which yeah. showed that it was a burial ground. And, and they delayed reporting that. The company that's doing the excavation delayed reporting that for 10 days before they said anything about it. So they wanted to get their ducks in a row before they... And now I think they've agreed to move it 50 feet. They should. Um, but I just saw in the news yesterday, Obama's trying to get them to move it like really redirect it around that i think that so, that would be an important <clears throat> you know, he gets on board that that's something
0: that would be an important thing for his legacy because the thing is is that he he was swept into office because he's supposed to be the voice of the of the everyday common man america mm-hmm. well he's supposed to be he's yeah, supposed to be sure that
1: this worked out that well but
0: yeah and, but he
1: does have the power to affect that yeah you know Yeah, I think that would be. If he could do that, that would be. He can and he
0: should. He can and he should.
1: Right, and it's not just the it's not just the burial ground, the artifacts and sacred sacred ground. It's it's the impact that it could have on the on the Missouri River. Yeah, which is a huge, you know, source of of clean water for
0: people. Yeah, and meanwhile, elsewhere in the country, there was a big, huge uh, uh, gas line breach and an explosion.
1: Case in in point. Case in point. So. And the the whole thing with the, the oil rig. Leaking yeah, yeah. You know, offshore and what the kind of ecological disaster that was, um, but anyway, I, I sent you that article. I guess Jim sent it to you too, and I know you read it. So yeah, uh, if you could put that on the homepage, I certainly on. will, especially
0: and with the quote there.
1: The, yeah, the quote from is um, it Russell Arshambo? I believe, I, yeah. yeah, He's, he's the uh, he's the spokesman for the tribe. He's probably one of the elders, and his quote is is really. Really special, I think, because it really echoes um, the type of thing that Martin Luther King was saying. You know, he's, he's advocating peaceful protest and not allowing the powers to be to you know to to get over on you, but standing your ground. But also, you know, the First Amendment rights. You know, people have the right to to voice their opinion and to peacefully protest. And the police have been beating people they've been using oh yeah we've spray. seen it
0: we've been we've been watching it
1: they, they've been using uh rubber bullets they've they've been setting off these little minor concussive explosions you know which are probably not real good for for people's hearing and things like that you know so so they've been doing some dirty deeds there which which is to me is underreported but there's so much now going on with the presidential election that you, do, you don't that kind of stuff gets swept to the swept under the rug as it usually does. Isn't that the way that it always happens though? It is. It is. So I would encourage people, our listeners, to go on the homepage and read that statement from him. It's really it's really quite eloquent and quite powerful. Uh,
0: I, I wanted to I, would, I I know that you're you're big into reincarnation here, and I just wanted mm-hmm. to just read the headline of a story that Doug Palumbo posted. Um, it's from the website uh, littlethings.com dot com. And the headline here is her son keeps waking up screaming at night, then tells his mom he used to be somebody else. Mm. And Interesting. Th- 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 we're, we're, we have a link to this in our show notes. And the kid is talking about things that happened in a, in a prior life, things that he should not know mm-hmm. because, well, he's just a little kid. And he wouldn't have access to that. So how does he know that? How does he know? Yeah. E- either he's watching a lot of documentaries
1: <laughs> during daycare. <laughs> he, he wakes up while his, you know, his parents are sleeping and turns on, uh, the, you know, the a History the Channel, re- reincarnation channel. Or something.
0: Exactly, exactly. Um, but I know, I know that you are a strong believer in uh, reincarnation. I am, and I am. Uh, and I. I it, it
1: makes sense to me. It does uh, philosophically. Yeah, and and as we accessed in a couple other shows christ was as well before, yeah before his doctrine was
0: was was diluted and hijacked right
1: hijacked exactly
0: and i'm, I'm telling you i mean there are there are times when i i mean early on in my relationship with my wife carol there are times when i thought to myself my god i i feel like i i feel like i've known her all of my life mm-hmm. and there are things that it was like we both have a fascination with different right. periods of history right and um i i had these reoccurring dreams well, of, of well
1: they say that you you find like souls yeah in, in various lifetimes and you know i mean there, there's possibility of people having lived a couple hundred different lifetimes yeah and and some and they're not even not necessarily linear in time no you know you could have lived a, a life in the future yeah previous to you know previous to this life My pre- because time is not is not necessarily linear yeah it goes. You can jump back and forth. Yeah, which is kind of an interesting concept.
0: Yeah, I mean, in in, in my past life, I may have been a starship captain in the future. That no, would no, be yeah. Never
1: know. That'd be cool.
0: That would yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Too bad I couldn't hack into that. You know, write write some good science fiction or whatever. That would, that would be pretty cool. Wouldn't it be cool if you could easily access your your previous lives? It would be. Yeah. Uh,
1: it would be. Uh, it would be an interesting uh, thing to see. You know, actually, there is a way to do that, but it's it's not easy. You you can do a past life regression, right? Which I which I've done, right? Um, But it's but it's not exactly what you think. It's not like real clarity necessarily. You see like images, and it's yeah. uh, Some things are like hidden and blocked out, and it's kind of didacted. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we, I guess we've talked about that in the past. I, you know, I did yeah. one of those one time. It was it was pretty interesting. That's what uh, Casey used to do.
0: Yeah, Edgar I, Casey used to do that. You yeah. Know,
1: and uh, but I think you can learn a lot from, from accessing that if if you can or if you choose to or if you or if you even Your first lost. of all you have to sort of go with the concept if you don't believe
0: you actually yeah
1: if you don't believe in reincarnation then it, that's it's kind of
0: your wall. Oppositional your you're you're your you know. shutting off all the walls yeah, and stuff like yeah. that.
1: And but getting back to the little kid, I think I think little kids are much closer. Oh sure. To, to their lifetime, to their previous lifetime. Sure. So, so that's why they have that sort of access to that.
0: Yeah. Well, I remember when I was a kid, I I used to have these like constant feelings of deja vu, like I've been here before, mm-hmm. I've I've done this before,
1: deja vu all over again,
0: all over again. You know, I, I used to experience deja vu a lot. And there were times when I would be reading books about history and stuff like that. And it was mm-hmm. just like, Why, have I read this before? That kind of stuff. You know, I would be I would be really curious. I mean, but here's the thing. I there are some things that, you know, maybe maybe you shouldn't know. Like, what if it what if we actually found out that it was um, you go back and and you do a past life regression and you find out that you were something horrible in a past life like. Oh, I don't know. What? Well,
1: I mean, that's okay as long as you learn from it. As long as, I mean, I th- I really think the reason why we're here is to, to learn, to get right. for soul evolution so that our soul becomes progressively more, right. more evolved. And as we know, there's a lot of people floating around that have a lot more evolution to go.
0: And a lot less. You know? And some <laughs> a lot less, yeah.
1: But but I think that's all part of it. And, and you do, even in your current lifetime, you do things yeah. that you probably... Could you go back and revisit right something? You would change it, you know, something that you did unkind or, or nefarious and, and like in some way, fit, yeah. or cheated somebody, or yeah, or something. You know, everybody has stuff like that. No, there's no saints walking around. But, but the point is to learn from it and not yeah. and not have your soul suffer that same. Consequence again.
0: I would really like to honestly believe that I was a I was a better person, or I was a good person in a previous life. I, I would not if I found out that something like I was like uh you know a a, a Nazi foot soldier or a Nazi um, officer or something like that in the Third Reich. I, I I don't I don't know if I could. I don't know if I. Could.
1: Well, you, you probably chances are you probably wouldn't have come back on as high an evolutionary right at, at as high in evolution, evolutionary evolutionary right. stages where you are i mean you know you could come back as a i don't know a urinal or something or squally <laughs>
0: <laughs> or a skunk
1: <laughs> yeah something really low yeah uh, low on the chain you know but but um the whole point really is not to have guilt over it but to learn from it yeah yeah you know? i mean you can go back in your past life even this current life and yeah look at things that you say oh man i wish i hadn't done that
0: yeah exactly but
1: but you did so you learn from it exactly you don't do it again you know
0: yeah like eating
1: people that don't learn and keep doing the same stuff over and over again that are the yeah stuck in that in that position
0: i know i know i know so speaking of evolution or de-evolution we do we i want to talk about just the metaphysical aspect of this election, because by the by the time this actually makes it onto the internet, we only have a like maybe four days before right. the election. Right.
1: We're coming up on a, on a pretty important election for the direction of the country. I think.
0: And if you've been following the news, one thing is absolutely totally sure: everything is. I've never seen it this bad before, Walt. I've never seen in, in terms I've, of what the the rhetoric. I've never seen. Uh, it's like it's like it's like the veil has been lifted. Well, it's and we're, low. It's, it's it's really
1: low. It's it's down and dirty. It is. Know? It's it like is. a street fight. It, yeah. You know anything goes. You can use a baseball bat. You can use a. Uh, or in the case of The Walking Dead, you can use a baseball bat with barbed wire wrapped around it. Or yeah, you know, um, yeah, it's it's gotten it's disintegrated. It's really not even about the issues anymore. You, you don't even hear
0: There's the issues? candidates talking about the
1: issues that are important to the American people. It's all about who can who's the bigger who's who, the who less trouble who can trump the other one with a Trumpism or a, you know
0: who who's who's the. Uh... Who's the least likely to face indictment? Right, who's the, who's the
1: least criminal? You know, <laughs> that's that's pretty sad when you think about it. I, I think it's I, like I think it's
0: and it's like I've been following the polls and it was just like, um, and, and it, you get to see people at their worst. This is this is how truly bad things have progressed. Where I think that with this election and people defending their the candidate, whoever their candidate is. Um, well, it's very personal. It I mean, is. It,
1: it's not about what issues are important to you. You know, is it? You know, are you are you concerned about American people losing jobs, or um, you know the minimum wage, or, or whatever it is your issue is? And everybody has their own. You know, and that's cool. That's okay. But it's not about that. Yeah. It's about which candidate you support. And you're you know you're a jackass if you support. Trump or your jackass if you support Clinton because exactly, because, because of because, this and such, you know, and yeah. it's not it shouldn't be about that. No, it really shouldn't. It should be about what's better for the American people, what, Who, which candidate is going to bring
0: the American people forward for the past three or four months. And I know that you're not a big Facebook person. You're not you're not really active on Facebook or the other social medias.
1: No, I, I, I go on Facebook, mostly around the show. Right. The show. But a I, lot, I don't I don't get into. Putting stuff about what I had for dinner, right? Yeah, you know, or or what? It's my wife's birthday or anything like that. That's that's, that's right. irrelevant to me. Right. I mean, it's relevant
0: to me, but not. You don't to want they, to share everything with the rest no, of the world. I don't, I
1: don't see any. I, I don't think they really care anyway. You know.
0: Mostly. I think one of the things that I think is absolutely totally nasty is the n- entire notion that. If you are a supporter of the candidate that I'm not a supporter of, then I have to unfriend you. If you're a Trump supporter. Oh, yeah, that's,
1: that's absurd. That's,
0: that's, that's, real, crazy. Well, that's what I'm
1: talking about. That's a case in point. It's personal. You're really it's not personal.
0: You, you know, know, if
1: you vote for Trump or I, I vote for Clinton or if I vote for whoever, it, it doesn't change who we are but that's the thing a lot
0: of people say that that's exactly what it is doing it is proving to the rest of the world well it's,
1: that's unfortunate
0: I think it's awful yeah, and it's I've, I've never and, and here's another thing what it's, is it's it it's
1: such a low energy you know, we've talked about energy how people it's resonate so at energy. certain energies it's yeah. a low energy yeah. viewpoint you know anybody that's got any sense of um, what, it, what it takes to be evolved in any way you can't
0: we can't do this trap, we know? really it's, we it's, it's really can't do this
1: but maybe it's the low point i'm, I'm hoping I, it's, you know how you have to bottom out you know how like an alcoholic has to bottom out or a drug addict what are you telling what are you and and and, and you get to the point where there's there's only up there's nowhere to go but <laughs> up you know uh you know access my 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 friend jim i call him my friend but I wish he was my friend Jim Morrison, yeah. you know. I've been down so long it looks like up to me, you know. Yeah. That kind of blues song that the Doors did. But it's true, you know. We this is this is a low point, I think, of I, American politics. I, I I really do.
0: Well, this this is the perfect opportunity for you and I to um, talk about something before the break. because um, mm. the thing is is that I I have heard you say on several occasions, you've been referencing this book, Rise of the Fourth Reich, by, oh, yeah. by oh, yeah. Jim Mars. Yeah. There's a lot of famous Jims here on this show. Jim Loretta, mm-hmm. Jim Morrison, Jim Mars. Yeah, we got a lot of Jims. And so the thing is is that on a whim I thought to myself, because this has been on my audible wish list uh for the longest time, and I thought, I'm gonna bite the bullet and I'm gonna I'm gonna listen to this audiobook. And I'm telling you, the first couple of chapters, I was hooked. I mm-hmm. was captivated. Jim Mars is good, He's, and plus he wears a fedora. So of, of course, God. yeah. I mean, how, you can't how, go, how could he be bad? Well, you can't go. You can't go wrong with that. But the yeah. the entire thing is is that we're going to be talking about of the next three shows. We're going to be talking about lost history. Well, we're doing a trilogy. We're doing well, a trilogy. A trilogy we're doing a trilogy. Kind of cool. Um this week we are doing the um the lost history of the formation of the United States. Well, it's
1: not lost, it's hidden. 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 History. I I would I would We know exactly what it is. Change that adjective a little
0: bit. Okay, the hidden, the hidden.
1: Well, it's it's hidden. It's just hidden from view. It's not taught in schools. It's not no. It's not taught in high school civics class. It's no. not taught in college. It's it's hidden from the American people because it's
0: dark and nefarious the entire gist of this thing is is that there are aspects to history that we're not being taught for and I'm using air quotes when I say this for our own good well that's
1: what they say I guess. you know and
0: then but the I thing don't
1: if, even know if it goes that far it's just it just deleted it's if not, you knew it's not talked about
0: if you knew what was really going on behind the curtains if you saw how they and make what, the has sausage, gone on. what has gone on what is going on and what did go on and and the thing is is that it was like um and I, and I love alternate alternative alternate history. that's easy for me to say mm-hmm. um, but I also love reading like like for example, the lost books of the Bible. I love getting into that stuff, the forbidden knowledge. We're going to be talking about some forbidden knowledge about American and world history. and the research that we did for this is pretty phenomenal, but getting back to the the Jim Mars aspect of all of this um. We are we we're not we're not the people that we thought we were. We are not the we're not the country we thought we were. we're it's not all um American flag, hot dogs, apple pie, and mom. Right. It's not mm-hmm. like that no. at all. There's that's an illusion. We, we are we are living in illusion. In an, mm-hmm. an illusion, and I think that the the goal of the next three shows, including this one, is that we're going to try and lift the veil and. Mm-hmm. And we're, and we're going to keep referring back to this book, Rise of the Third Reich, and a couple of other books. A couple of other books, too, that are, other that, books. Are, that are
1: equally as important. Well, maybe not equally as important, but right up right. there. Right. The, the Jim Mars book is, is a masterpiece. It is. As far as I'm concerned.
0: It is. It is. He's by-
1: brilliant. He's a brilliant guy. He is. He, he, and it, he, he, he looks sort of like a—he's got a heavy southern accent. He's from Texas. And yeah. He, he looks kind of like, sort of like a good old kind of country boy, you know. But, boy, he's a smart guy, and he, and he does impeccable research. Which oh, is, yeah. You know, nobody can argue with his research. He's, he's a reporter. I mean, he's, yeah. he comes from a journalism background. He's it, not just blowing stuff out of his backside, you know.
0: He just does not. He he doesn't come to the table unprepared. I mean, his, no, the, he doesn't know the, the bibliography for this book is it's just a chapter in and of itself. Mm-hmm. It's long, It's lengthy. It's long. I and mean, he's it, just does not screw around.
1: Right. And he understands exactly what we're going to be talking about is is how American history has uh, progressed. Yeah. And and a lot of it is just behind the scenes that we don't know anything about.
0: Yeah. You know? But but, but we'll I we'll get there. I will say that before we, we um get to the break here, um one of the things that really opened sort of my eyes is that um we've been living with fascism for a long time. We have become oh, a absolutely. fascist Clearly. nation. Yeah, if,
1: if one thing we need to do today is define fascism and, oh, yeah. and what what fasci- fascism is. Yeah. Because um, I think a lot of people have uh, sort of a false notion about right. what fascism is. It's it's really people think about the ramifications of fascism, the the type of government that you know that breeds. But it's really it's really more than that.
0: There's a, and there's it's, it's
1: really a it's really a political viewpoint.
0: Not yeah, it is. It's a political viewpoint. Not only that, it's the way that we behave on a regular basis. Mm-hmm so what i want to do is i want to take a quick break here i want to read some commercials whatever we got a we got a uh a new commercial break that i'm going to play for everybody here cool and uh and we then have
1: a, we have a new uh a whole new setup right we have a, a whole new setup with the soundcloud and everything and, uh, so, yeah.
0: everything and i'm going We're to moving
1: I, up in the world
0: we are we are
1: oh and by the way do you know what uh, before we, we go we traded in beat up buick for
0: a for a BMW, <laughs> <laughs> I resemble that comment. By the way, do you know what episode this is? I'm um, forty. This is number forty.
1: Ooh, we're coming up on fifty. Which I is know. The big, the big um, that is a big huge. Yeah, that's that big, is huge. Like Mount Everest, of
0: it, it, podcasts. It, it means we're not going anywhere. We yeah. we are stay We are we're, here for the long haul. We're on the map. Yeah. So whatever
1: map that is. I think
0: I do think we need to celebrate somehow, some way.
1: Well, we are going to celebrate. I I brought. And just in case the listeners might be a little bit hungry, uh-huh. I, I brought some of my um, homemade chicken pumpkin chili.
0: Absolutely, that Eric
1: and I are going to indulge in on the break since it's just about lunchtime. It is, and um, if it sounds good to you, I, I would be willing to put the recipe on the on the on the show page. Absolutely, if anybody's interested. But you got you got to you got to ask me for it. You got to ask. I'm to not going to just put it on there. I have to be. Yeah, I have to be sort of begged for it. <laughs> and after after Eric eats it, I'm sure he's, he's going to be Absolute, calling absolutely,
0: absolutely. So, all right, we're going to take a break. And then when we come back, we're going to talk about the definition of the word fascism, mm-hmm. and we're going to a give place you, to start. And we're going to we're going to give you some some sad news about how we've how we are behaving like a fascist nation, and uh, what that means for the metaphysical connection and and our and our spiritual lives and and all like that. So. So stay tuned. As always, we're looking for things to promote and share on the Metaphysical Connection podcast. If you have something that you would like us to discuss on the show, you can send us your copy to my email address, info at the We will help you to promote your events, goods and services and media that you created like documentaries, books and even other podcasts that would be interesting to our audience. Once again, drop me a line at info at the dot com. You can find out more about us by going to metaphysicalpodcast.com where you can find links to our Facebook page and Twitter handle with more social media to come in the next few weeks. Support the show by going to Zazzle dot Chronicles for metaphysical connection products and items from our other media on the Fedora Chronicles network. Oh right, yeah. So I, I, yeah. So I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't easily hand out compliments when it comes to culinary delights here, Walt. But I got to tell you, that chili is pretty awesome. Thanks. I thought you'd like it, That's why I brought the
1: remnants of it. Yeah, we we had got a few meals out of that. So, as I said, if anybody's interested in the recipe, exactly, it's it's um pretty easy. Yeah, the, the, the recipe it's pretty easy. I made it in a, a slow cooker, a right pot type of thing. Yeah. Which is good, so you can throw all the stuff in there and forget about it till dinner time. Yeah. And then open it up and have good stuff. It's and it's relatively healthy. It's got pumpkin, it's got chicken, which yeah. is if you're a meat eater, is about the best meat you can eat, I think, other than maybe fish. And raccoon. And raccoon
0: and possum. <laughs> <laughs> if you're one of the, if you're on the Beverly Hillbillies. So we want to talk about here's the definition of fascism according to Walt.
1: Oh, you want me to give you my definition? What, what, what it's is, actually pretty simple. Yeah, it's it's when the industrial um, complex and the state,
0: the military, merge, the military merge. industrial complex. Well,
1: it, it's the military's part of it, but it's really more about industry and and the government merging and right. becoming almost really just one thing. One huge entity. And the military is an arm of that. Right. Um, but it, but it's really more about um, the the concerns of the corporations merging with the concerns of the state of the government.
0: Right, they're all so one. That they're, and the same.
1: So that they're seamless. So that what's
0: good for the. Corporations is good for the state. What's good for Chrysler and what's good for GM is good for America.
1: Well, that's what they will have you say. That's what yeah. they had you right. say.
0: Now, right. now that's that's one aspect of fascism.
1: Now, and a lot of people identify fascism
0: with, with Hitler, right? Right.
1: Which, which, of course, he was a fascist. That so was Mussolini, um, but
0: Franco, Franco, Franco in
1: was Spain. another one, right? The three, the the holy yeah. trinity of. The unholy bad guy, of bad unholy, Trinity, unholy trilogy of, of, of bad guys, uh, but what they you know what people associate that with is is uh, autocratic kind of rule, right? You know where, um, you know you have basically have a dictator who who calls the shots and, and right. does everything. But and but afford- that's not that's that's an element of fascism. Right? That's not really fascism. No. And then everybody thinks of a police state where. You know the the, it's a, it's a, the police are coming into your house if they don't like something you're doing and taking you taking you away and that that's all part of it too, but it, but the really at the top of the heap is the fact that the corporations in the state have
0: have merged right. That's real the real pure definition of fascism. that's pure yeah right. and the th- and the thing is is that everything every aspect of society is everything is everything everything has a com- everything has a compartment to yeah. it yeah. Every, every aspect of life has been put into a compartment compartmentalized, right? Everybody has their compartment. Everything has everybody has their sort of like their not their prototype, but their stereotype or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. There are maybe there's nine compartments and you at a very early age are you are put into your compartment and that is who you are. From from preschool or kindergarten all the way through, and it depends on it depends on your intelligence. It depends on on your where your family where you come from, and and uh, and and where they where they whoever they they are, put you on a track. Whether right. you're on the track right. towards a lot of it has to do with testing. It you does. Know, it's,
1: it's you know, in, when I was in school, if you did right. well on tests, um, you were put on a higher track of academic.
0: Exactly. Especially
1: when you got to, not so much in grade school, but when you got to like middle school, middle, you started tracking. I can remember I was right. always in the, <clears throat> the higher academic track because I, because I tested while well, I did well on tests.
0: And one of the, one of the things about fascism, and, and this is how you know that you're living in a, in a fascist regime, whereas people adhere to their compartment and anybody who steps outside their stereotype or their compartment, those people are ostracized and if you look around everybody sort of has like a uniform everybody everybody who has belongs to a certain Compartment. If you're a working Joe, you are wearing like Carhartts and the and the denim jeans and the work boots. And if you're a lawyer or a doctor, you have this uniform. And well, that's and true. No except
1: that in you know in the United States, there is some mobility. You know, it's not unlike say India right. or a place like that. Where right. You're, you're but there is basically a ca- yeah. locked into that. Well, there is a caste system to a degree. Yeah. Um, so the, the guy we're going to talk about today, um, uh, a lot of the material that I have to, that I'm going to bring forward today is based on. Um, this guy named Daniel Sheen. We just looked him up. <clears throat> right. And, and he's, he's a huge figure. He, he's a really important figure in bringing forward um, hidden facts about American
0: politics. Mm-hmm.
1: Mostly because um, above and beyond him being a researcher, he, he's a lawyer. Mm-hmm. So speaking of, of moving up in, in caste... He he started out. He's he's from a working class family. Yeah, you know, his father was a prison guard or something. So he he you know he's not from the elite caste by any means, um, but he's smart. Yep, very smart. And he got himself um, I guess through academic means uh, a scholarship to Harvard, Harvard College. Mm-hmm. So he talks about how. Um, one of his first classes, I guess it was civics or or maybe political science or something. He went into, went into class, and who's the teacher? But Henry Kissinger. Oh, Henry Kissinger. Henry Kissinger. Ah. Uh, Henry Kissinger has, has been has played a pretty pivotal role in a lot of the nefarious dealings that have gone on in the mid to late twentieth century. Yeah, uh, he's been a been a, an advisor. He's he's sort of always kind of been on the fringe of. Of being, I think he's not really. Is he? I'm not sure whether he's an American citizen. Or not. I, I, I think he was born out of the United States. I don't States. think he was
0: born here in the United States. So he
1: can't really hold political office, so he's he's done the second best thing. He's he's become an advisor to to many different politicians, and so so Sheehan's sitting in in one of his first classes at Harvard with. I'm not sure that he knew exactly who Henry Kissinger was at the time. Um, this is like mid '60s now. Like sixty four, sixty five. So I don't think Kissinger's really risen to to complete prominence yet. He probably started out teaching at Harvard. That's where he got his got his feet wet. So um, Kissinger's lecturing about the fact that just about anything that America does is okay because if it justifies furthering the cause of America. So he said it's okay to murder people. It's okay. I guess you're talking about like CIA stuff now if you're talking about murdering people, cheating, you know, lying, whatever you need to do to further the cause of America because, because America is, you know, the shining beacon for all the other countries and and that kind of mindset. So so she and sitting here
0: I do Listen. have to I do have to interject something because while you're talking here I just okay. looked this up okay Henry Kissinger was actually born in Germany yeah well 1920 that, that, 1923 figure that figures yeah and he was
1: you know it's weird I, I I was watching the uh after the last debate the night after they they had that kind of the one of the Catholic Cardinals or something has this Dinner. It's supposed to be like a fundraiser, yeah. and and Trump and and Clinton were like kind of cracking on each other, <laughs> making jokes. Did, did you see that? Yeah, I did. Well, I look up in the audience. Is who's sitting there? Hank Kissinger.
0: Yeah, Heinz Kissinger. Yeah,
1: Heinz. Uh, How would he get? How did he get there? You know, what's he doing there? You know. So anyway, that's a side note. However, so so she and sitting there listening to this guy. Yeah, and and he's talking about all this stuff, and she thinking to himself. What is <laughs> This guy talking about. You know? <laughs> he's talking about killing people, and, and it's okay to do that as long as it furthers the cause of America. And he's saying to himself, "Really? Yeah." And he looks around, and and you got this is when Harvard College was now all men, you know.
0: Yeah. Before they
1: deemed it okay for women to get in, right? Um, and <clears throat> it the, was, the, and, and let and the it, weaker sex in.
0: And the thing is, is that Harvard was not always the bastion of um, uh, liberalism. It was, no, it was no, quite... I'm not sure that it ever, ever it was. Well, well, how the hell did Kissinger get in there?
1: Well, he's, he's listen, listen to what I'm saying. So, so, um, Sheehan's um, looking around, and here's all of these elitist young guys. So, kiss, you know, Sheehan's sitting here in this class, and he's looking around, and there's all these young elitist guys shaking their heads, like, Yeah, 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 so, yeah I'm yeah, with, is, I'm yeah. with, you, I'm and with these, you. These are the guys that are going into, you know, to, to, to the big, powerful jobs in the in the government, in the country. Right. They're going to these big law firms that represent these kind of people. And so Sheehan's like, really? Who, you know, who's this guy? You know? Exactly. And then he came to find out exactly who that guy was. You okay. know, it was Henry Kissinger became, as we said, one of the big, big um, advisors to Secretary of State to some of the uh, biggest political criminals that we've been exposed to. Now, did he replace Robert McNamara? Uh, I'm not sure about his... I, I don't have too much on his background. I know that he was in, involved with, heavily with the Nixon administration.
0: No, um, no, he wasn't. No, that was... Well, what, so replaced no, McNamara? No, he yeah. didn't replace from McNamara. No. But it would make sense, Was he the Secretary
1: though. of Defense, Hollanda, Kissinger?
0: Secretary of State. Yeah,
1: Secretary of State. McNamara was the Secretary the, of Defense. Yeah, okay, yeah. I'm sorry. Um, anyway, so, so Sheehan's like... This is his first kind of indoctrination into what into the you know, realm what was of going on with the elite, you know. Yeah, and so fast forward uh, to sheen graduates from Harvard College, and then he goes on to Harvard Law School. You know, so he's got a pretty big background in in seeing how all this stuff works.
0: He knows how the sausage is made.
1: Yep, and he happened to write um, an article for. The Harvard Law Review on civil rights that got him noticed. Mm-hmm. Um, so his first really big case was um, representing. Um, he got a phone call from somebody saying that they wanted him to to represent um, a, a a reporter who who was being challenged for to to um, re- reveal his source for an article that he wrote. I think it was a New
0: York Times report. Yeah. Was, did, did, this, did this have anything to do with the Pentagon Papers? This is later. That's later on. Okay. This is before the right. Pentagon right. Papers. I'm
1: just trying to give you sort of the background of where Sheen rose up. Okay. And what he was information he was privy to, which comes into play later, much later on. But so so he gets this case where this reporter was being uh, trying to strong armed into revealing his source, and he wrote. You know, they they took it to court, and it actually went all the way to the Supreme Court, and and they won. So he really um, was the progenitor of the law that says reporters do not have to divulge their confidential sources when they when they write articles. So that was a, that was a huge um, sort of defense of the First Amendment, you know, freedom of speech, and, and so that reporters now no longer have to do that. That came in to play later on with
0: Watergate. Um and now now I'm looking at his bio right here Walt. It's pretty amazing, isn't it? I mean, just listen listen to the the list of cases that he was involved in here. Go ahead. Which is really, which is really sort of like yeah. you listen to this Pr- and it's pretty it amazing. Like, it's amazing. Um the pentagon papers like i just mentioned Mm -hmm. the watergate break-in case this Karen silkwood Mm -hmm. case that was a big one because what that did was it
1: after that case yeah um the the nuclear industry no longer built any new power plants after that yeah so that was a huge that was huge
0: and then he was involved in investigating and representing um folks in the iran contra scandal Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and uh Wow, geez. Big, So Big the, time stuff. So the oh, thing is, is stuff. that, I mean, he was pretty much involved in all the big major news stories from the 60s, 70s and 80s. Exactly. Exactly. Which is why he's so important. Yeah. And,
1: and because that gave him privilege to inside stuff. Yeah. You know, because he was involved in the case and it allowed him to sort of investigate a lot of these things and, and figure out what what the root cause was. For these things, you know, these things don't just happen. They're not they're not random occurrences. They're all connected somehow, and all those things are connected. And so they're all they're all. And that's what we really what we're going to talk about right. today. So, so I wanted to give some background on him and and why the, the the things that he's saying are not only so important, but rooted in in facts that he's uncovered over the course of his his lifetime. Now yeah. he's he's in his probably late sixties now, I guess. Um, but he's, he's a really, really smart guy, really smart guy. And more people should listen to him. People should access his his YouTube videos. He's got a whole string of YouTube videos. Yeah. He's, he's a lecturer now at uh, one of the universities in California. I don't remember exactly which one it is now. San Jose State, maybe, or mm-hmm. one of those. So what we're going to talk about today is, is pretty much based on a lot of the stuff that he's brought forward yeah. over, over the years. One, one of the difficulties in, in this conversation that we're going to have today is, where do you start?
0: How far how, back how, do we want to how go? How far
1: does, back does this, does this stuff go? Um, it, it, for my money, it goes back as far as you can find things on history, You know, as far as back as, as maybe Egypt. Or, because it, it's really about an elite class controlling the masses.
0: Secret societies who integrate themselves into the, the the ruling class or into politics and into governments and it goes from there. I guess is what you could say. Yeah, yeah.
1: So I think for our purposes today, since we have a limited amount of time, although we're going to do a sort of a trifecta on this. Yeah, we'll do a, a trilogy of shows. Uh, so let's start with American history, I guess, right. you know, which is extensive in itself, but. We try to define it to certain certain periods of time. I guess. Uh, it, I think it really started with when when the English colonized the New World.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, on on the boats when they came over were were Masonic representatives. Now the Masons are pretty clearly working behind the scenes. Um, you know, there's some debate as to whether it's. Negative or positive? I think it's maybe some of both. Yeah. Um, but but they they were right there at the beginning of the whole the whole deal. Now, eventually, you know, the colonies were formed and the American Lu- Revolution came about because, you know, on the surface anyway, the colonists were were breaking away from British tyranny. But who knows what was really behind that? You know, what was the the brotherhood behind that whole thing, you know, to, to create a whole new market for their, you know, for their mercantile concerns. Yeah, uh, corporation. Under, under, the, under the guise of, you know, a, a bright and shining new philosophy of, of democracy and, right. you know, people getting the right to vote and that kind of thing. And, and I'm not saying that there wasn't a lot of altruism behind that I think there was there was but behind that there was a lot <clears> of but the I think behind risotto. that there was some other stuff going on too you know like most of the people who who were in power who, who were behind the revolution were, were were pretty wealthy people like John Hancock yeah and and actually they were all pretty much masons um, George Washington was a mason as we that's pretty common knowledge Yeah. Ben, Benjamin Franklin yeah um, John Hancock was a Mason. Um, Alexander Hamilton was a Mason. Uh, Paul Revere was a Mason. Uh, Madison, I believe, was a Mason. They, the list goes on, you know, on and on. Pretty right. much, I, I don't think John Adams was, and and he was kind of a he was kind of an outsider always. So. Okay. So I think he sort of was the the counter puncher, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a guy that represented the British soldiers at the at the Boston Massacre and and that was you know that was a, an outsider point of view for anybody to do that you know but then then he kind of people realized
0: that he was really doing the right thing that everybody everybody well, needs everybody deserves, needs every, some everybody kind of deserves representation. representation we don't want to string these people up just because it feels good at the time
1: no no so so this progressed and and as we all know the American, you know the colonists won the won the war um, and became a a separate country you know became separate from England however I'm not sure that that is really completely true you know that England didn't have a lot of um, tentacles into always into our right and when I say England I'm not talking about the English government necessarily I'm talking about the the real the real power behind England you mean the The, banks yeah the financial the the brotherhood the right uh, and London is really the financial center of of that group Mm -hmm. you know um, it's the Financial capital of of those kinds of things, which is why when we've talked about the Smithsonian, those kinds of things, that that's that's all interconnected with England. Um, but that's a little off track. So now we get up to around 1789 when they start working on the Constitution, mm-hmm. and there really there really were two two factions, and, and the Constitution was really a series of compromises. It wasn't like this brilliant, and it was it is a brilliant document but it had a lot of compromises written into it, because there were really two factions. There were the, um, the pluralists, the, the kind of the common people that represented it, you know, from the colonies. And then there was also the, the mercantile representatives, which Alexander Hamilton was, the, was on the forefront of that. So, so what they really did was they wrote in things to, to compromise the, the freedoms that were inherent in this document. Uh, for example, initially they they wanted to have it so that there was only the only thing that was elected was a state were representatives from the state, and that group that legislature would appoint the president and would appoint the senators. Yeah. Um, so that really gave the the power to those those people that were were elected by the states, and that's really an imbalance of power, and that and it's much more corruptible that way. Um, eventually, it came to be morphed into, you know, you can elect senators and you elect the president. And you but elect congressmen. Right. And and elect congressmen too. But that's not how it was initially. Um and when you think about when you bring it up to now, you think about I know this is a topic that you like to talk about, Eric, is the uh the delegate, the superdelegate The superdelegates. Super you know, and that's really what they are. Yeah they they really circumventing the political system because they can override the vote of the people which they have which they did during they this have. primary right. season right which is why bernie didn't you know he's a populist candidate yeah um and didn't make it why
0: so the because the super was, delegates exactly. because these people who mm-hmm. seem to believe that they're smarter than the rest of the 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 hoi polloi thought that that hillary I don't
1: even know if it's smarter they 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 want it, that's where the power is rooted yeah, that's that's what they can override the voice of the people. So there you go. So it's really kind of the same thing. You think about 1789 and, and now it's really not all that much different. No. Um, so that's where it started, I think. And and it's you know it's been a progression since then. The, the English have have had their hand in American politics, like um, the War of 1812. Well, we really lost the War of 1812 to the English. Um, they they made it look like we didn't. Because they loaned us a whole ton of money for reparations and things, which, which is, a, which is a, a big game that's been going on for a long time. Yeah. Go, going right into World War II and, and all those. Um, so in order to rebuild the United States, because the United States is a big market for the, for the English. Well, sure. They, you know, they loaned us a whole bunch of money. But when you, when you borrow money from people, what do you do?
0: Oh, you got an interest, and you you practically own their ass, and until you, give, the, you
1: give up the power. You give why? up your power, right? Yeah. So that's a little game the English have been playing for a long time. They, they did the same thing in the Civil War. They 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 um, pitted the two sides against each other. Yeah. They pitted the North against the South. They they really created the the atmosphere for the Civil War. You know, they they went. Some representatives from from England went to the to the South. Representatives of the South and said, "Hey, you get you know you're getting screwed over. The North is taking advantage of you. Exactly. You know they're manufacturing all these goods based on the the crops you're producing, using slavery, of course, um, and they're making all the money, and you're 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 the you're the ones that are getting shortchanged here. So the so the English talked them into breaking away." From the north and creating their own economies, so to speak. So it really, the Civil War really wasn't. I mean, it was about slavery in some sense, but it was there was other. issues. It was more right. than just slavery. Yeah, I mean, everybody thinks so. yeah, it was it was, a, it was a, a war between the states because one group wanted slavery and the other. Yeah. and that was a, a small. That was part of it, but it wasn't the right. Wasn't necessarily the lion's share of it. So now, you know, you, you know, if you if you question whether the brotherhood. Has and one of the big symbols of the of the brotherhood is the is the the all-seeing eye. Yeah, you know, and you see it on our on our one-dollar bill on the top of the pyramid. And it, it's it's pretty apparent. It's there. It's throughout all of our symbology. Right. Um, one of the early Confederate flags had the had the all-seeing eye on it. Didn't didn't make it for the final cut.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> it got to be the stars and bars. But but it was part of the it was in the mix. You right. Know? And they they always throw that in there so that they. They they kind of let you know that they're there, you know, like
0: behind the scenes. But right, they're 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 players. They're always players. They're in there somewhere. They're in they're, the mix they're, somewhere.
1: They're in there somewhere, right? So after the Civil War is when when it really started to crank up. Now that was the big period. Now Sheehan says points to the era of um, between eighteen sixty eight, just just post Civil War. To 1898. This this is when the when the robber barons, yeah, really started to kick in. The guys like Rockefeller, um, all the industrialists, right. Um, and this is when we began really began the shift to fascism, right. Which which most people would not um, think. We're talking
0: about a fascism here in the United States. Yeah. Let's just be clear. It, about exactly.
1: That. Exactly. Yeah, um, this is when our democracy really began to to really be eroded. I think uh, behind the scenes, it wasn't. People just really weren't aware of it. They they viewed it as America, sort of stepping up and becoming a world power, which which it did. But yeah, but we have to talk a little bit about what cost that came at. So these 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 industrialists began to take over the government in mm-hmm. in a very insidious way. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that, that one thing that always comes into play, and we're going to see it throughout this discussion, is, is whether or not we should have a central bank or not. Um, it came into discussion with, with all the way back to Jackson. Actually, all the way back to Hamilton. Right. Hamilton wanted a central bank, and Jefferson didn't. Je- Jefferson saw it as an erosion of, of American rights. Because you would then be beholden to this. this Everybody would be beholden to this superpower. To this central financial group. Yeah. Um, which has led to you know a lot of a lot of problems. Um, even to this day. Even to this day. Well, yeah, we're and, a lot huge... and uh, the people who have opposed it, like Jackson, for one. Now Jackson was a Mason, so he mm-hmm. he was sort of part of the group, but he was also a populist president you know he was elected by the people and he wanted to do away with the central bank he wanted him to, to make his own currency and I, I believe there was an assassination attempt on him yeah is that true i think i think i think they attempted you can google that but i'm pretty sure they he he was he was uh there was an assassination attempt i don't think it was uh, obviously it wasn't successful but um and then the same thing with lincoln lincoln wanted to just start a central bank or to do away with the central Audit bank defend. Right? and print Print um, federal money, print his own money, and um, see what happened to him. And then fast forward up to to Kennedy. Kennedy wanted to do the same thing, so you can see how that goes for people when they try to balk that system.
0: Yeah, it was a, checking on Jackson. Yep, it was. Um, it was between Aaron Burr and Alexander Hamilton. Is that the one that you're talking about? No, no,
1: that's a that was a duel they had.
0: Right. I'm talking about Jackson, President Jackson. Uh, There was a,
1: there was a duel between, um, and there was a, there was a big, there was a big uh, political battle between Hamilton and and Roosevelt, uh, not Roosevelt, um, Jefferson. Jefferson did not buy into any of that stuff. He saw that, he saw the tyranny, he he was a really forward thinker, he saw the tyranny attached to that. Mm -hmm. And he, he, he wasn't about to allow that. and, And Hamilton fought him tooth and nail on that. Um, however, I think it was Jefferson's vice president Burr. Uh, they got they got into a duel, and Burr killed him. So, maybe that was a good thing. I don't know. So anyway, let's get back to the to the robber baron era. This is where things really started to take shape in terms of America sort of turning into a fascist state, fascist in in the sense that the industrialists and the, and the state were beginning to merge and and what i mean by that is the industrialists began to use the the might of the american military because they had gotten into the inner circles of the government by through appointing judges and bribery and and all the, all the all the methods that, that they used to to usurp power away from the government And make it their own vehicle. Um, So, so what happened as a result of that? We started American imperialism. Really started. We took over as a as a kind of. I think the Spanish American War was kind of a sham war. It It was sort of created to so that we could defeat them and get a hold of some of their possessions, like Cuba and the Philippines. And Hawaii, they they all they all came under American control and imperialism. Yeah,
0: because if you if you hold the note on their
1: debt, you pretty much <laughs> right. hold the note on that person. <laughs> right there, you go. Right. So that was when we really started to branch out into, um, you know, taking over other possessions to, to gain their natural resources and and markets and create markets for mm-hmm. our products and things like that. So it was really really a, a pretty. Defined plan they had going. It was also when the uh, the concept of manifest destiny came in. Somehow I don't I don't know who thought of that brilliant idea, but it sort of said that we had the right to, to take over the whole rest of the of the continent, basically.
0: Yeah, pretty much because well we're here and you know right. we you know we have we have the guns we have the ammo right. and we and have the so, and banks.
1: we deserve it we deserve to have it. Yeah. So they so they started usurping the territories away from the Native Americans to the point where they. Just were left with reservations of, of the, crappiest land they could possibly think of to give, you know, and then they, you know, they sent guys like Custer out to, you know, to devastate the. the the native populations, so, um, yeah, so so it was it was really a pretty big plan that, started to take shape, during that that time frame, and this is when. Um a lot of the financial concerns began to, to gain power over over the gov in in government. Um I don't know, you have anything to throw in there, Eric?
0: No, I'm just like looking up Alexander Hamilton and his role in the central banks and, and uh I'll edit this out
1: okay so I, what what do you what I, do you have, you have you i i just
0: want to make sure, i just wanted to make sure here that we were looking at because hamilton was the was the first secretary of the treasury um I'm just trying to see and he all he was also involved with the establishment of a national bank yeah, well, that was the central bank yeah, that was it that was what so was Hamilton for or against the central bank
1: No, he was for it okay I and mean, he he was he was a proponent of it okay. Which is why he and Jefferson were, were at odds, because Jefferson right. knew that the you know as as I said the tyranny behind that. W- what that does is it allows the central bank to to control the money, control the financial purse strings of right. the country. And now we have um, the Federal Reserve, right, which, which does the exact same thing: it controls the interest rates and and pretty much calls the shots for the for the yeah. finance. And, and every time we go over budget. We borrow money from them, and and they um, they get a little bit more power because you know owing money is is giving up some of your autonomy, essentially.
0: Yeah. Now, what exactly is. is? Here's the thing. What exactly is the Federal Reserve? Well, that's that's another whole show in itself. Okay, that, we'll that, get to that, that, that later. That was created though. in the early
1: 1900s. Right, right, right on the edge of this time frame we're talking about. Sure. Where the robber barons were were beginning to take over. Right. And um, what what that did was um, it, it it really shifted the the power toward industry toward yeah. toward toward the mercantile interests of the country, and and they began to call the shots mm-hmm. on things, and in essence, they called the, the American foreign policy became their policy. What was what was good for them was was good for the country was their their line of thinking anyway. Right. Um, which, as we've seen, is, is yeah, it was it was good for them, yeah, for the ru- for the wealthy ruling class. That's why we have, that's why we have what we have now. We have plutocrats. We, have, we exactly, have, you know, we have people who get into office and make policies, which are good for, which are good for the wealthy,
0: right? And and they finance campaigns and and they. You know, and after you get somebody into office, well, here you go—you you owe this person this favor. I mean, right. you right. get you get somebody like, let's just take Joe Blow. You take Joe Blow, and 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 you you, you finance his campaign, and once he gets into office. You could pretty much call in favors well, and say, cause, "Hey, because he
1: owes you his." I mean, if he if, if you if they didn't give him money, then he, he probably wouldn't have gotten
0: in. Exactly, you know? and they remind... they were. Uh, oh yeah,
1: oh yeah. <laughs> that's not like they just give him money and say, "Oh yeah." Go oh, and, and by the want.
0: way, you had the slush fund for your reelection campaign. Right. <laughs>
1: right. Well, that's how it works. And this is when this this stuff really started to to take. You know, I mean, I'm not saying it didn't happen before. I'm sure it did. Sure. To to a lesser degree, but you know, I mean, you could get like Jackson was was not from the wealthy class he was he was a he was a populist candidate and he got in there, but that was pretty early on you know right um and, and it just kept progressing up to this point after post civil war where it really started to kick in and now our political system is so corrupt that you, you pretty much can't get into office if if you're not in somebody's pocket
0: exactly you know? bernie
1: sanders well yeah i mean he he pretty much financed his whole campaign with with
0: individual contributions, right? Uh, so, so he's adding. Anyway, and I'm not I, saying you know, I don't know the I'm, I'm not exact saying, numbers on that. He, I mean, but. here's the thing: I'm not saying I'm a huge Bernie Sanders supporter. Mm-hmm. Okay, because of, his,
1: because of his policies, you mean? Or what? he's... Well,
0: his political philosophy? Well, because I've been following Bernie Sanders since you know I was I was uh, you know I was a teen. Well, you're in, you lived in Vermont. In Vermont, That's and he, you can't swing a dead cat without somebody talking about Bernie Sanders. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you know, Bernie Sanders has, you know, he has a democratic socialist point of view towards everything. And but
1: at some point, he also became an independent. He also be, he, he yeah. broke away from, from both parties.
0: Right. But the thing is, is that here's the thing that frustrates me, and I'm not saying this to support Bernie Sanders or any candidate in particular in this mm-hmm. time around. But, but the, the, the notion is that, he, I mean, here's a guy who pretty much started a new political revolution here's the guy who who received so many votes and and here's the thing i can't count more than 5 people who voted for hillary in the primary i don't even think i can count 3 people who voted for well maybe maybe <laughs> you you're okay you're probably you're probably number 5 well it doesn't matter
1: who it doesn't matter who but we, the thing we is, support or don't it, support what it, matters is the system doesn't allow people who are Does not it? who are not tied into the financial structure of this country the the and who have the corporate structure and taking their bribes and taking their their money and all the stuff that they give out um and it's not even just money it's like vacations and you know that kind of crap right um it's it it's the lobbyist system really is what the, all the money is funneled through lobbyists who who, right. who get these people's attention by gifts and money and whatever right. whatever the hell else they give them I don't know but um, so, so the real issue is how do you override that? It's it's so ingrained. It's so it's so ingrained in the system. We saw
0: now. somebody try to override it,
1: and what happened, Walt? Right. He got he got dunked. You know, he got because of the super delegates. Yeah. So, so the system is very hard to override. It, it really is. I mean, I think it could be done. I, I do. I think there's a possibility. But it's got to be the right person and the right candidate. Well, and the but I right,
0: mean, here's the thing is, is that we saw a firestorm occur over the last, Jesus, like the, the last year, essentially. When did Bernie Sanders announce that he was going to run for office? Was it a year from now?
1: Was yeah, it a year something ago? Something like that. It was, yeah, it was around in that area. All That's right. That's when
0: the primary started kicking and, in. And you, look, and you look at the grassroots campaign and, and you look at the groundswell of support for this guy. Mm-hmm. And right up to the convention, I mean, it was a nail-biter.
1: Yeah, oh yeah, it was. It was pretty clear but that... At the end of the day, the system won out. The system won over.
0: Now, yeah, the oligarchy won out.
1: Exactly. You know, what's kind of interesting is going back to, like, the Hamilton era of political parties. Now, Jefferson, Jefferson didn't, again, was a forward thinker. He was an extremely bright guy. He didn't think there should be any political parties. He, yeah. he saw the tyranny attached to that sure. way back then. Way back then, it's happening now. Yeah, he saw it. He, he foresaw it. And and Hamilton was the head of a, what was called then called the Federalist Party. Yeah, which was which represented the interests of, of the the mercantile interests of the country, the, the wealthy elite. Um, and then at that point there was a party called the oddly enough called the Republican slash Democrat Party. Yeah, which um uh, which was the populist party at the time. Um, the Federalist Party sort of went by the wayside. Right. I think I think kind of morphed into the Republican Party, I think, actually is what happened.
0: Now, what about the Whigs? <clears throat> because that was a party, W yeah, i i g.
1: Yeah, I don't know too much about them. I think they were was, kind of a
0: short-lived... It was like George Washington's political party.
1: Yeah, they they didn't... I don't know what their concerns were. I, I haven't done a whole lot of research on them, so I, I can't speak to that. But uh, So even way back then, the... the political parties were sort of jockeying for position, you know? yeah, and, and that really sets up, um, sort of a duality sure. in the American consciousness, you know, are you going to support that group or are you going to support that group?
0: Which is my biggest rather, response, rather than
1: sure. Right. Rather than all the energy going into making the country a better place to be, a better place to live. It's more about one group beating the other group or winning you know like with with the latest presidency of obama the the the, basically the republicans main intention was to to not let him get anything done yeah you know so where's the where's the consciousness in that you know is that what's good for the america did that do anything good for the american people no it was it was the republicans trying to get up on the on the democrats because they'd won the presidency you know, I I'm not saying the Democrats wouldn't do the same thing. No, they do. They to, do. To a Republican president. They do. You know, so um, you know, the only the only time anything really gets done that's that's progressive is if you have a majority in the either the House or Senate and the and the president being of the same policy. Here's a uh, a party.
0: Here's my entire frustration and a lot of this has been illustrated in the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um whoever comes out the winner of the primary and the convention. If you're a Democrat, that's your guy. Mm -hmm. If you're a Republican, that's your guy, no matter what you can have just the, just the dumbest, the, the most obnoxious narcissist man or woman come out of the party. And if you belong to that party, No matter what you thought of this person before, that person is anointed your political messiah. It's it's
1: because people are not trained to think; they're trained to follow, you know, like sheep. You know, whoever the Republican Party puts out must be good. Whoever the Democratic Party puts out must must represent my values, and and that's not really true. And, And if you really look at the two political parties that we have now, the the real conservative element. Of the Republican Party has been pretty much put on the outside. Yeah, they've been diminished. So the Republican Party is coming is becoming more centrist, and initially the the Democratic Party was was a liberal bastion of liberalism
0: during the sixties and seventies. Right, which and 80s. which
1: is now moving toward the center. That happened when when Clinton came in and yeah, um, the and, repeal and, of Glass-Steagall. Uh, yeah, uh, they're they're really moving both moving toward the center right so in essence what, what do we have we have a
0: we have a Republican party we have, basically we have two parties that are pretty much parodies of each other and, but exactly the, but the thing exactly. is who do they really represent Walt they don't really represent the American citizen
1: no no,
0: they, repre- they represent corporate interests because and the, that's where all the money is. And you look at all, you look it's, it's at... It's not hard to figure out. It's a, it's a pretty simple equation. You though. look at everything when that you, has you occurred. Look you look at everything that's occurred, and I hate to say this because mm-hmm. I know that I'm going to get some hate mail for this. What was the entire purpose? When did that ever stop you, Eric? What was the real purpose of Obamacare? Be, you know, it's, un- it's the political takeover of the healthcare system. Yeah. I don't know. That that's that's a that's a minor political point I think. But, but that's just one political point.
1: But but the the bigger picture, the bigger issue is all almost everything that's done really isn't what's best for the American people. It's it's sometimes put that way in in a guise of that. Right. However, what it really does is it really puts more money into the to the pockets of the wealthy.
0: And the corporations and, and more central control, mm-hmm. yeah. It's more mm-hmm. about getting control because it, it's sort of like it's like sort of like if you have a, a lawyer on retainer, and you have this lawyer on retainer, and after a while you look at the monthly bill and you're sort of wondering yourself, what the hell is it? What, why am I keeping this lawyer on retainer? I haven't used him in years. Mm-hmm. And then you tell the lawyer, hey, listen, what the, what's the point of having you? And then the lawyer finds things to do. To to validate his position, to validate his mm-hmm. paycheck, because mm-hmm. there are sometimes, whereas it's like you don't want the politicians to make up laws just to give themselves something to do. Well, they make
1: they make up laws that
0: um, don't really benefit anybody but the but
1: the no. corporations. That's that's what the whole thing has come down to, really. Um, so anyway, we're getting we're getting a little off track of our topic. Yeah, Let, let's get back to this this timeline. Um, now now the robber barons have basically stolen the democracy yeah out out from under the american people and and i don't think people necessarily view that era in that now this is a 30 year period this is not a big huge block of time no um but they they got a lot done in that in that block of time sure and they and they set the they set the um framework for the 20th century with with this, with this period of time this brings us basically up to to 1900 now so, the next big thing that happened was World War one okay, so World War I happened, and basically World War one was sort of a contest between um ideologies I guess in some sense it was a trumped up I think it was a trumped up war um, the The precipitating event was the assassination of archduke Ferdinand right which which some say was um you know, it was a setup to get the, you know, to get right. the, the um, nationalistic fur flying. You know, and and get yeah. get the two sides to to go to go to battle because what happens in any war is that at the end of the war nobody really wins, except the people who finance the war. Yeah, you know. So so that was the first big real financial. Um, Win, I guess, for these for these really wealthy people, uh, but but you know, and and I think a lot of this stuff is really a setup. Yeah, you know, for for a larger for a larger political idea. Right. Uh, so so basically, Germany lost the war, and as part of their. Loss of the war, they had a thing called the Versailles Treaty. The Treaty yep, of Versailles.
0: the Treaty of Versailles. Right,
1: which which really um, was a slap on the wrist to the Germans, yeah, you know, for starting the war and and destroying a lot of things, you know, killing a lot of people, blah blah blah. However, at the end of the war, which America came into very belatedly, by the way, sure, um, they didn't come until the very end. So it was essentially it was between Germany
0: and France and England was right. Was what the America some other America was like the star quarterback areas. that came right. into for the winning touchdown right, at, at the end the lot, of the game. Yeah, at they, the they end they of the game,
1: running the Yanks. Um, but but what really happened was this. This is where it really starts to get really good. Is just as the Treaty of Versailles was was about to be enacted or, or put upon the Germans, mm-hmm. this financial group called brown brothers harriman
0: oh here we go these guys are
1: going to come in pretty heavily really heavily into what we're going to talk about from here on out they sent um the, the ceo of that company whose name escapes me at the minute but we'll we'll um we'll get to that his name
0: wasn't bush or prescott was it
1: well, actually, yeah, you're right. It was. It was. I'm thinking of another guy, but um, the the CEO of the company, I don't know if it was at that point in time, but eventually it was, was, yeah. was um, George Herbert Walker. Right. Now, if that name sounds vaguely familiar. Very it, familiar. It, it very should. Familiar. It should sound familiar to Eric. But at any rate, um, there were two young lawyers that were connected to, they were actually the legal counsel. Or part of the legal counsel, or the legal firm yeah. that represented um, Brown Brothers Harriman
0: mm-hmm. in,
1: in all of this, do all these doings, mm-hmm. and they sent them over to to interject into the Treaty of Versailles the fact that Germany had to pay financial reparations to the to the companies and the people that whose property they destroyed. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this was kind of an addendum to the whole thing. And and who do you think those two, two brothers were, Eric? I'm trying to think. Uh, were they the Dulles brothers? You are you are a student of history, Oh right? the
0: Dulles Brothers.
1: Alan and John Foster Dulles. Now yeah. those names, particularly Alan Dulles, is gonna really, really start coming up a lot in a lot of different arenas as we progress in our yeah in our evolution here or de evolution maybe i don't know of american politics yeah uh so what that did was it placed germany at a at a huge huge disadvantage exactly. because they had to pay back all this money and who do you think loaned them the money
0: mm, i have a feeling that you're going to tell me i'm going to try and think mm-hmm. you're going to, you're pushing me i'm i want to say I don't want to say the Rothschilds because that's not true.
1: Well they they probably were in the mix. They're in Bra- the with Brown Brothers
0: Harriman. Brown Brothers Harriman, right? yeah. So
1: so you have lawyers, the Dulles brothers, interjecting this addendum to the Versailles Treaty which which now causes Germany to have a huge debt which they have to borrow money from Brown Brothers Harriman to to fulfill the debt. Yeah. Well, do you do you see any kind of conflict of interest there? Oh, me? Do I see a conflict of interest? No. Really? I mean
0: really? No. I mean no. of course hey, listen, of course you want the, 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 the lawyers who are loan you know in charge of the banks, you know, loaning these people money. Right. Of course, hey, you know, let's cut out the middleman. We're gonna cut out the middleman and we're gonna bring the savings to you. And and that basically gave them a huge financial yeah. wedge in Europe.
1: Um and also Put basically put Germany at a really big disadvantage uh, because they owed all this money, and they had you know they had the they had to try to recoup after the war and and you know they they were already on their knees and now they have this big financial burden to you know to overcome.
0: So so there you go. And that opens door the door to a lot of anger and a lot of frustration in in right. Germany. Yep. A lot of pissed off people.
1: A lot of a lot of people who felt Germany got a got a bad deal. Yep. And one of those people was a corporal
0: from Austria, of all places. Yep.
1: Yeah, who had been in the German army and had, um, I think he was, I think he was, got hit with mustard gas or something, yeah. and he was in a hospital in yeah. in somewhere in Germany, I guess. And, yeah. And he had he was he was temporarily blinded, temporarily blinded, and he had a vision. For Germany, yeah, for what the, what the future of Germany was going to be, and as we know, that corporal, that disgruntled corporal, corporal was named Adolf Hitler. All right. So you can see that this, the the aftermath of World War One really sowed the seeds for for World yeah. War Two. Uh, how are we doing on time here? Because we're, we're we, getting
0: well, we, well. We are exactly where we said we wanted to end at. The beginning of World War Two and what happened at World okay. War Two and how World War Two really sort of affected human history. Mm-hmm. With the end of with the end of World War Two, everything. I mean, I mean, every aspect of our lives, whether you know it or not, and whether or not you want to believe it or not, every aspect of our lives has been affected. By the end of World War II. Oh, yeah. World War right. II changed well, every aspect of everybody's the life. The end of World War II
1: morphed into the Cold War. Yes. Which is a huge, is still having an it's impact. It's a huge
0: deal. It's still an impact on what we're, what we're doing now. But what we're going to talk about next week, because we are trying to do more for for our listeners, and we're trying to condense everything up and, and um, you know, make things a little bit more succinct. What we are doing is is that we are pretty much building a case against... Alan Dulles because there's a lot of because when you look up Alan Dulles you're going to scratch your head it's sort of like he's sort of like he's like the Forrest Gump of American (laughs) intelligence and because he's everywhere Uh, he's at the right place uh, Forrest Gump was was
1: was more um, I I don't really get the analogy but Forrest Gump was was kind of ineffectual, wasn't
0: he? Or, well, For, Forrest Gump was at the right place at the right time and because he was a bit of a bumbling idiot, he kind of like Well, I don't think Dallas was a bumbling idiot. No, but I, I, he was every in so many points of American history between the beginning of World War 1 throughout World War 2 right up until Operation Paperclip. The formation of the C.I.A. Oh yeah,
1: yeah. He, uh, we're we're going to get to. Well, let's let's save that for next week. But yeah, Dallas really in you know in looking at this stuff. I mean, he he was like the dark underlord of, of all these all these things. Right. You know, he was involved in in a lot of that. Yeah. a lot of like really. Negative stuff. Every time you turn around, um, there's Alan Dulles. What? Yeah, and, and so he his name keeps coming up over and over and over again about all, all these things that led to an increasing amount of um, what I what I would call fascism. Yeah, in, in this country, you know, and and that again is is the corporatocracy right. of of the American democracy. Right, you know, and and the ero- the constant erosion of of individual freedoms and um, yeah. And the the herd mentality.
0: And we're also going to get into, if the next episode, not a lot. We're not going to do a lot on J. Edgar Hoover. He deserves his own show.
1: Oh, yeah. But the thing is, he's a big figure in 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 his own right. You think of all the awful, big
0: power broker. You think of all the rotten, dirty, nasty things that J. Edgar Hoover did because he had tabs on everybody. Oh, yeah. He kept a file on everybody. Here in the continental United States and Hawaii and Alaska. Alan Dulles is sort of like the international scumbag version of J. Edgar Hoover.
1: Wonder, wonder why nobody held um, J. Edgar's feet to the fire for being a crossdresser. I guess that didn't. Come he had out, the dirt. Right? On that didn't come on out everybody. to until yeah, later on. Maybe or
0: he had the dirt on. He did. Everybody. He, had, he had a
1: file on everybody. Yeah, he was a master. So, so, so I guess that's that's that seems like a logical place to. Uh, to st- to end the show for today.
0: So, so just to give you a preview for next week, we're gonna give we're gonna we're gonna talk about World War II and the Cold War, the CIA, and we're gonna bring that all the way up to. I think we're gonna end at the Bay of Pigs next episode. That's a logical place. That's a logical
1: place. Because that's that's logical logical really place. The, cause the third show is going to be about the reasons why Kennedy was assassinated.
0: Yeah. And, uh, and which,
1: which is which is really uh, sheehan has got a lot of information on that. Yeah. a lot of knowledge about. He he pins it down pretty much as to who did it. Yeah, really. And it wasn't it wasn't Lee Harvey.
0: No, no, Lee Harvey. Lee. I think that Lee Harvey is. Uh, I think he got the raw end of the stick.
1: Well, he said it himself. He was a patsy. He was a he, patsy. He, he was a setup guy. Yeah. They 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 planned it all along for him to to, to make it look like he yeah. was the guy that pulled it off. Yeah. But. Well, we have, I don't think he was even smart enough to do it. Truthfully.
0: Really? Uh, well, I I, we'll leave that for a future show. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm going to... Um, we only have a couple minutes left here, and I, I want your predictions for this coming Tuesday.
1: I, You know, honestly, I, I can't really make a prediction. I, I, I just hope that the American people have their voices heard. And, and whoever wins, if that's the will of the American people... Then so be it, and then and then we, you know, we we live with the ramifications of that. Whichever way it goes, I, I really I really can't say at this point. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, we probably would have predicted Clinton as the winner, but it's so close now. At with this, everything at
0: this, that's going on.
1: Yeah, with it with the with the FBI FBI allegations and that kind of stuff, and
0: and uh, all this because of Anthony Weiner. Yeah, it's funny. That's that's yes, yeah.
1: it's ironic. I think that I would will- have a have a. Uh, Have a political, have a presidential election influenced by a wiener.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I, I am going to make a prediction right now, and I'm going to go on the record and say that whoever is elected, we are never, ever going to take a break. We're going to have four years of nothing but controversy. We're going to have nothing but— Well, 40, I think that
1: could be true of either candidate. Or either uh, either yeah, candidate. I'm I telling you right true. now,
0: if Trump wins or Clinton wins, yes, mm-hmm. we're going to have endless investigations, especially with Trump and his conflict of interest. We're going to look into every whatever, every little innuendo or any little accusation towards Donald Trump. If Donald Trump looked at a woman cross-eyed, there's going to be a congressional investigation— and, and it's not going to be anything about the real issues. It not it's it's going to be it's so It's not going to go anywhere. In and, terms of uh, that. yeah, and if Clinton wins, then every everything everything that she's done since she like left every, West, every
1: breath she takes will be scrutinized. I know, yeah, and, everything and, and put under the microscope. We
0: will we, this. We are looking forward to another another four years of endless controversy.
1: Mm. I, I I would I would tend to and agree conspiracies. With that. I would tend to agree with that.
0: I think either one of these two is going to make work project for every conspiracy theorist out there.
1: Right. And, and that's unfortunate because where's the hope in that? There approach? is none. Where's the hope in that? There There's, is none. You know, that's that's too bad. Who? Now, now, kind of morphing on that or riffing on that. Daniel Sheehan, who who I've spoken, uh, you know, I, I think everybody... If if you're at all interested in in what I've been talking about and those kinds of things, you should go on YouTube and and check out some of his some of his videos. Yeah, because uh, he he's is. really he's he's a brilliant guy. Yeah, you know, and he's got insight into into the political goings on that that none of us could ever have without his bringing this thing. These he's, he forward. he
0: had a look behind the curtain.
1: Oh, absolutely, he and, abs- and he he saw the. He saw the wizard. Yeah, he saw the
0: wizard. By all means,
1: but he he also has a he has a website that you can go to it, and um, we're going to link to it. It's called the Romero Institute. Okay, and and it the intention of it is to bring forward um, a progressive line of thought. He 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 merges. he's not he's not only a lawyer, but he's also been I think to divinity school. Yeah, so he's got a so kind of a spiritual component to his yeah. whole deal too so so he he thinks that the american people should be working toward bringing a populist candidate and a new party um that's divorced from the republican and democratic party to to the forefront yeah and and i have to go on record here saying that that i'm an advocate of that as well a third party
0: yeah yeah yeah
1: and bernie sort of tried to do that but but I think it was too little, too late, or something. He di- he didn't really mount yeah as as strong an effort as he could have. Like, yeah. He did really pretty well for for what he had to work with, you know. Yeah. So so Sheehan's intention is to to get a third party moving that that really doesn't have um any kind of secular viewpoint. Yeah. You know, like the Green Party is about, you know
0: mother earth and you
1: know keeping pollution down which is fine which but, is but great it's too secular it's yeah. too too. Um, there's too much of too narrow a viewpoint yeah um, and, and he has come on record as saying that he will be the legal counsel for that part I think that would be informed awesome. and if <laughs> if you want a legal counsel can you name
0: a better guy than this really
1: really a, more, a brighter more privy yeah. to, to the way things work than, yeah. than this guy i just hope he lives yeah. long enough to fulfill that promise. i hope you live long uh, enough i do you know you, you have a better chance probably than i do of seeing something like that but but um who knows who knows yeah. how you know maybe as i said this 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 election will be the low water mark for maybe people will be just so disgusted after that i hope that, people that they,
0: snap and they look at the two political parties and, and they, say you
1: know what this just isn't working
0: yeah, it's not working.
1: The system's broken.
0: Yeah, way broken. Because the thing is, is that the two parties worked hard to keep third party candidates out of all the debates mm-hmm. and off the ballots, mm-hmm. and then the two parties are in collusion to maintain power. And I think that that's wake up America, you know. Yeah, I mean, we we've
1: got to do something about the lobbyist system. That that that's where all the corruption comes from. Right. Yeah, it's for for my book. You know, yeah, my money. Um, how do you break that system? I I don't know. I don't. I don't have enough political knowledge to even know how you would do that. Yeah, but something's got to be done. I
0: I think we're. I think that with every with all the uh, revolutions, with all the revelations that we have had in the past three months, with what's been going on Mm -hmm. behind the scenes Mm -hmm. in both political parties, especially with Debbie Wasserman Schultz and how they rigged the election so that Bernie Sanders would lose, Mm -hmm. I think that that is. I I think that's huge. I think I, and I, listen, this is, if, if you're a blogger or you're a journalist or you're a podcaster like you and I, this is the best time to be alive. (laughs) I mean, the mere, I mean, we, we can't, we can't even do enough. We can't even do a podcast to get to all the stuff that's going on right now. Yeah. One podcast a week is not enough to get into, which is why we narrowed everything down. Mm -hmm. But I, I think that we, we are reaching a low point in, uh, uh in spiritualism here in the united states i think that we we are in some really dark spiritual times mm-hmm. here and
1: in- which is which is why we we need to take a new direction i th- i, I, I
0: mean, totally agree yeah i totally uh, agree i think,
1: I think and, and maybe this is maybe this is the bottoming out yeah of of american right. politics and, and we, <laughs> we, we can hope you know I, I i don't see how much lower it can go you know yeah Maybe have two uh, two guys from the, or two people from the World Wrestling Federation running against each other or something. I don't know. Oh, we already have that, don't we? Yeah, I don't know what it is. It's hard to even describe, really, for me. It's yeah. it's, it's amazing that we can have what we have. I've never I, seen I don't it. I get it, you know.
0: I've but, never seen it this bad, Walt. Yeah, it is. Pretty, it's pretty low.
1: But but I have to hope that there's there's a there's a, there's a glimmer of goodness in the American people that that will. Come to come to the surface, yeah. As as Lincoln said, the the best angels of the of the human spirit, Um, yeah. He said that at Gettysburg. Well, yeah. We'll we'll raise the country. The angels of our better nature. Yeah, the angels of our better nature. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for for clarifying Lincoln for me. But that's really what he was talking about. Yeah. The the innate goodness of of people. Yeah. You know will see. i guess yeah so
0: when we go on the air next time we will have a new president we will know we will mm-hmm. know who the next president is right or you know what maybe this could be a replay of 2000 well
1: it, it, could, be, <laughs> it, could, it could be really close it could be. let's hope not
0: i don't think it's gonna be i don't close.
1: I hope we don't have any hanging chads yeah <laughs> poor chad <laughs> yeah poor chad i got a bad bad bad,
0: bad name, rap bad name on that All right one. Good show, Walt.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I'm looking forward to doing the next two, which sort of all tie in together. Yep. And, and I hope that what we talked about today sort of informs people um, and, and get out and vote. Yeah, you know, get out and vote for whoever whoever you favor. Um, go out and vote for them; it's your right. Yeah, it, and it does make a difference.
0: And I'm going to encourage one your, way or another. I'm going to encourage everybody to look beyond just the two part two candidates who are running. Look beyond the two if not if not this year the next election cycle look at the other candidates look at all the candidates yeah, yeah. seriously
1: well let's hope we have some better alternatives next time i don't think we be having really good alternatives even from the
0: third no. party candidates no so. but i hope no. i'm wrong i hope i'm wrong let's well, we'll see all right all right eric This podcast is dedicated to exploring the unexplained and supernatural phenomenon and is dedicated to you people, our listeners. You can learn more about us by going to our webpage, metaphysicalpodcast.com. There you will find links to this episode show page with links to more information on this podcast's topics. Also, the Metaphysical podcast.com you can find links to our facebook and twitter handle past episodes and links to our itunes and player fm accounts that's also a great portal for you to contact us and let us know if you'd like to be guests on our show just drop us a line with a quick summary of what you'd like to talk about or promote and means of getting back in touch with you the metaphysical connection is a product of the fedora chronicles network copyright 2016 all rights reserved until next time, keep your chins up and your fedoras on.
1: Abby says, I am the familiar for the podcast.
0: Exactly. <clears throat> Cause it's witchcraft.
1: So, I, I was thinking of, trying to think of bumper music. Yeah. And oddly enough, when I stopped at the store, I got in the car, turned the radio on.
0: This is and, how it always
1: works. And and this what song comes on, but... And I don't even know the name of the group, but I've heard it multiple, like, thousands of times. Um, it's it, The chorus is... Um, how can we sleep while our beds are burning?
0: <laughs> yeah, I Do you know the I song. Know. I know the song. I can't. I can't remember the name of the. Uh, maybe if you sing a couple more bar, bars. Or
1: how can we dance when the world is burning? Okay, I know it's a bad rendition. Yeah, clearly. Um, I was hoping they would say who the artist was because I've heard it. I mean, right. you know the you know the song if you heard it. Right. Um, right. But I think that's a per- that'll be a, would be a perfect. Did you have anything in mind or? Um.